Welcome to the AAA NFT podcast, all about affordable NFTs, bringing you from zero to 60 in the non-fungible token world without breaking the bank. With your hosts, Andrew, aka Rantum, and George from Mostly Stable on Zed Run, who will help you navigate new projects, interview expert guests, and explore NFT trends. So whether you're on your first or 50th NFT, we're going to have something for you. And as a quick note, we are not, I repeat, not financial advisors, and nothing in this podcast should be taken as investment advice. Alrighty, disclaimer over, let's get to it. All right, we are here with our second guest, and I am made the mistake already of, uh, you know, talking to to Hildavi for uh, about for, for too long without recording. So we are back to record. I'm very excited to have Hildavi on. Hildavi is a data wizard. He currently works at Dragonfly, one of the earliest, most successful crypto venture capital funds. Uh, additionally, Hildavi's a prolific dune wizard uh, he's created dozens of incredibly useful dashboards maybe more um they've been a big help to me and he uses queries often to to help my work he's influenced a lot of what i've done and i'm super excited to have hilda beyond today thank you for having me um i'm uh, very happy to be talking to a fellow uh prolific dune wizard uh we've been shoulder to shoulder on the on the dune uh, leaderboard lately uh i mean for the past Quite a, quite a while now. Uh, so yeah, it's 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 really cool to to be hopping onto your podcast. Awesome. Well, tell me a little bit how you got interested in crypto. What what led you to where you are now? Um, so I started uh, after after my bachelor in end of twenty eighteen. I um, was looking for an internship, and I found uh, an internship at a company called Kaiko, which is a, a cryptocurrency data provider for uh, off chain data. So uh, sorry, central exchange data. Um, and that's where I really learned, uh, more about what this blockchain space is and took an interest for it. Um, at the end, uh, I, uh, thought I wanted to, I, I, I realized I wanted to do a master's before, uh, moving on to, uh, the, um, the work life. So I went to Amsterdam where I did, uh, a master's in computational science, which is, uh, uh, modeling, uh, yeah data science modeling, basically, uh, which is super interesting. I really loved it. And halfway through my master's, I discovered Dune and I'm, I'm a very curious person. So I like to learn things by doing. And so I started to play around with the blockchain data, by, by just, just as a side hobby inside project to understand it better. Um, at the time it, Dune wasn't as big as it wasn't even remotely as big as it is now. So it was a much smaller more niche kind of a, a space um and i was also frustrated by the fact that if you looked on twitter all the charts you could see were just technical analysis charts uh, and i, I uh, going. exactly i thought i thought surely with this with this whole blockchain thing being open to the public and everything being uh just easy to, to query uh, there should be more data on this available free for free. Uh, you know, there's, there are some paid platforms. I think, uh, at the time, uh, the biggest web platform were probably like Glassnode and, and stuff like this, where, okay. um, and then there's, uh, CoinGecko, CoinMarketCap and stuff like this, but there wasn't really deeper analytics, uh, uh, much more deeper than this. And that's also because at the time the space wasn't necessarily as mature and there wasn't all this, uh, 
you know, the DeFi boom had not happened yet. Um, wait, no, the DeFi boom just had just happened. Sorry, uh, and but but people had not really leveraged the on-chain data capabilities yet, uh, or at least they had probably for themselves, but not necessarily in a public manner. Uh, so uh, yeah, I, I I just looked around the ground and then I started to have people take an interest in my work. So I leveraged this and um, started to share my work publicly. Uh, and also started to do some freelancing and, uh, that was a year ago, just about a year ago, November, a year ago. Um, and yeah, I, I started the to market. take a, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I started to take some, some, uh, some, uh, freelance jobs. Uh, that was super interesting. I got to dig into DeFi. I got to dig into NFTs, uh, infrastructure, staking, everything. So that was, uh, really cool. Uh, and then. I slowly grew, my, my profile slowly grew and I, I, you know, I got more ambitious over time, tackled more things. Um, and then, uh, I realized, okay, if I want to do something for the next six months, this is probably going to be more valuable actually than my, than finishing my masters. So I, uh, went on to, uh, drop off my masters to pursue this full time, uh, first as a freelancer. And then I always had this in mind that, um, my goal eventually was to once the, the perfect opportunity comes around, uh, jump on it and, and join a really cool company. And Dragonfly was that company. So I started there in early July and, uh, I've been their main data guy ever since. So, uh, really grateful. Also really cool to work with, uh, a team of Gigabrains and, uh, yeah, just, there's yeah, so really much to get impressive. Uh, yeah, you got some impressive, very impressive people, uh, including yourself now as well. But um, it's I'm impressed by how much you continue to contribute to the Dune space. And you know, what do you what 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 do you like about working on Dune as that platform? You talked a little bit about how it's open and, and anybody can work on it. Um, is that what excites you about working on it? Uh, I think that the two most exciting aspects for me are the collaborative aspect where you can, anyone can build on top of each other's work and share. And then, you know, whatever you contribute is a progression because other people can use that work, leverage it, change it slightly to their advantage and what they wanted to query. Uh, and the other thing is that, um, what did I want to get at? Sorry. Um, uh, so the, uh, oh yeah, sorry. And the live data aspect, which is really, mm. really cool. You know, uh, the your piece of work that you did, unlike most traditional data piece of work that are more of a timestamp uh, time and, and, and reflect uh, the, the, the data space at a certain time, this is more live and, and I think that's super powerful. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that's one of the, the best things about crypto in general is that this is live data and it feels like for so much time we maybe weren't leveraging all of the, the data that was available. It was a lot of looking at prices. Um, what has, what have been some of your favorite dashboards to work on in terms of, I mean, what is, what, what interests you when you, when you dig into these? So I am, I'm, I'm very curious, uh, just I, I've always been, and I don't want to, I'm not necessarily focused on a specific sector. NFT has been the biggest sector I, I focused on because there's simply uh, been so much going on in NFT since the past year or so, and the space has evolved so much. So there is a lot to look into. 
but I have done some DeFi stuff. I've done some uh, staking stuff. I've done actually a lot of airdrop dashboards. Those uh, mm-hmm. those were uh, kind of how um, I made a name for myself in the space, really. So that was also exciting because for those, I had to, you know, it was more of a, of a race to do it as soon as possible because whenever it drops, you want to have right. your data there ASAP. And that was kind of a fun challenge. I, I, so that's why I did, I think I did eight in total. Uh, I did stuff like ENS, uh, eight. I did, uh, I don't know, a lot more, but, um, those were, were super interesting. Uh, then I like, so surfacing stats when they're not available, I think is great. Uh, that is, that comes in all kinds of sectors. And then also more recently, I'm starting to dive more into the research, uh, more research aspects, just like I recently did a research piece on, on wash trading and trying to surface, uh, trying to quantify that amount and, and also filter it out. Um, and that was also interesting. So I'm starting to lean more into this and I have already some ideas for upcoming research pieces that I'll be publishing in the future. I saw some of your, your wash trading, uh, analysis and it seems like you found that there is a relative small number of traders that were accounting for a large amount of the, the wash trading out there, or even just a large amount of volume overall on some platforms, right? Could you tell us a little bit about, about what you did find in this research? Yeah. So wash trading in itself looks scary because, oh, you assume, okay, this whole, um, okay. So in terms of volume, I surfaced that around 45% of volume, uh, of traded volume on Ethereum has been, um, uh, linked to wash trading and it, it, it looks scary in itself, but the, the truth is that it actually is that only 1.5% of users are actually behind this volume and they are just trading in very large amounts in order to get the highest reward for themselves on right. platforms such as LuxRare and next to Y2, where there's a token incentive, uh, whenever you trade. So they are gaming those rewards, uh, and, um, I and they're not think, by the number of trades, but high volume trades, right? Yeah, exactly. And, and, um, I had actually earlier in September, I was, uh, caught in the crossfire or something where, um, for a prolific journal, uh, was publishing, um, an article based on my, one of my old dashboards, which was my biggest still at the time. And it still is, which is my NFT dashboard, uh, global macro dashboard. And they were saying, okay, the NFT space is down 97%. Um, from, uh, it's January high, but the, the, the truth is that this January high, uh, a lot of it is, uh, was trading. So if you filter this out, it actually, uh, brings out a much better light to the space. And I think is also, yeah, just filtering out the noise is, is important. And this work must be done in order to, to actually properly analyze the stats, you know, the, the raw data is, is too noisy and, and. Yeah, I think uh, I want to take out the good parts and leave out the rest uh, and start from this baseline. And now, now that I have filtered this, there's so much to look into from this now filtered data. Right, right. So as an NFT podcast, I've got to ask you about like some of your favorite collections. I see your, your, or, you know, we've got, I know your PFP well. Can you tell me about that? What else do you love in the, the NFT space? Yeah, my my uh, profile picture is, is just a project called Crypto, um, Crypto Mori's, uh, it was around since I think it minted in, in October, 2021. Um, and I kind of like the, it just looks goofy and a little different. Uh, it has a very distinct look, which at the time Definitely. I appreciate it. Um, 
I also actually, my profile picture is not just a crypto noise. I also have a noun glasses on it, uh, uh because I just, right. nouns, yes. nouns is a, is a really cool project as well. Uh, I don't know. I, I think it is one of the most long-term sustainable, at least so far it's proven itself as the one, one of the most long-term sustainable project because they have constant revenue and their treasury is something people uh, are interested in. So they get proposals to, to build on top of the project. And that's, I think it's a, it's a really cool experiment at the very least. Um, and I do like this kind of these innovative projects that try something new and, and are daring mm. uh, to try, you know, um, uh, back a year ago, uh, it used to be that 99% of projects were, uh, the same thing of, uh, 10 K PFPs. And, and I, I really got tired of that pretty quickly. So I was yeah, looking for something fresh. Market, dude. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, so I, I appreciate those who dare to innovate and try out new things. Um, I like lately, uh, so overpriced JPEG, for example, did a, a, a drop where you can mint, um, an over, overpriced gin, uh, um, NFT, they're, which they're telling you it's overpriced. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, sorry. Yeah, it's the name of the it's the name of the project. Uh, yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, but um, uh, and I I like you can you can redeem it for uh, a bottle of gin of gin while uh, supporting the show. So it's a win win for both the podcast and also for uh, those who choose to mint. Um, so awesome. I like this. Uh, yeah. I, I heard I, this I, one. Um, it has the artist Amber Vittoria who we've talked about on the podcast as well. So we'll link that, check that out. Uh, yeah, go yeah. Ahead, the, sorry. the art is great. I think the, the bottle also stands out for its art. Uh, so I like that time was put into this. It's not necessarily, you know, it's not, it's not, a uh, a price that is completely, uh, crazy or, or something. And I think the value is, is, um, you know, it, it, it is a good price for what you get, I believe. Uh, so it's not um, a great podcast. They've done, I mean, they tend to do some really good interviews and they've done some great work over there. So I mean, it's, a, it's a cool, cool project. I like the idea of connecting a, an NFT to a physical object. We've talked a little bit about that in the past. So this is, this is cool to see. I think I'll have to mention this to my co-host and he can add it to his growing NFT bar. Would this be actually something you would be, um, how how do you foresee the future of this podcast? And would this be something you you would see as a as a, would you envision some releasing some NFTs or yeah? I, I'm that's a, about you know, that's a good question. Thing. We've never we've never gotten into that, and it's something that it, it's sort of silly that we haven't done ourselves. But you know, it's been a bit of we of a time issue. You know, we, we do what we can to get the the podcast done, but you know, maybe we can start putting some more more work into it and, uh, you know, get an NFT of our own out there. Yeah, no, I, I, I appreciate because I think appreciate it because I think the bulk of, of what is important, of course, is the podcast, um, the releasing NFT on the is more of a side project than, and it shouldn't, um, uh, you know, it shouldn't, uh, obstruct you from, uh, actually doing the podcast, you know, otherwise it's, it's not a productive thing. Um, so yeah, I, I think uh, that's a very reasonable take. Awesome. Well, I really appreciate you coming on and talking about crypto, about NFTs, uh, anything, you know, we, well, we, I know that you just 
updated your your NFT dashboards. We're going to link that as well. Can you tell us actually a little bit about that NFT dashboard? Yeah, that is, as you said, your most popular one. Uh, can you just tell us yeah. a bit about it? So um, actually, this is this is part of a, of a bigger project I have in mind where um, I, uh, so I currently updated this NFT dashboard, which is uh, the macro NFT, uh, Ethereum NFT landscape. Uh, and it should, it shows you uh, the top collection based on all time trading, but also trading volume traders, uh, aggregators. Um, it also leverages my recently released wash trading filtering method, uh, which I think, um, it's, it's hard to look at the space with the, the, like I said before, with the noise. So I, I, I now that I built this foundation mm. without wash trading, I can build a lot of things. And this is the first dashboard, but I actually want to dive more into, uh, this, this. NST stuff. So I have more dashboards. Uh, even re- this week, I'll be releasing more stuff uh, on, you know, this NFT is starting to be quite a big space. So there's a, um, for example, uh, royalties is something that has been debated a lot, but it has found little, there's little data to be found on it. And I find that frustrating. So I want to help there and, and surface that data and make it accessible to all. Um, right. So yeah, a lot of headlines to... without much data behind, behind exactly. the royalty. <laughs> Exactly. And I find that, yeah, I find that very frustrating. So I, I want to contribute where I can and surface the stats in a, I think they should be freely available, just like the blockchain is freely accessible uh, and that we should all be playing with the same amount of information. So yeah, that's, that's where I want to contribute. Awesome. Cool. Well, again, thank you so much for, for coming on. Uh, where can people find you? We will link it in the show notes, but if you want to mention it here, it'd be great. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, so my most, I post mostly on, on Dune, my Dune profile and then Twitter, I will post all updates, new charts, everything. I also do some ad hoc analysis. So if you want to follow me there, that's well do most of my work. Awesome. Cool. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. This has been an episode of the AAA NFT podcast, all about affordable NFTs. The episode notes and resources may be found at 3ANFT.com in our show notes. Again, 3ANFT.com. And that reminder, don't bet what you can't afford to lose. Remember, we are not financial advisors and nothing in this podcast should be taken as investment advice. Thanks for joining us. I hope you learned something.